Thanks for listening to this teaching from City of Life Church. Check out www.col.tv for more great teachings, service times, and information on upcoming events. Now, let's join the service already in progress. Listen, I just got back from Color, a conference in New York City hosted by our pastors, um, Brian and Bobby Houston from Hillsong Church. And I love something that she declared over the women in that conference is she said that you are a miracle in motion. So why don't we just go ahead and claim that for City of Life today. Can you just say, I am a miracle in motion. Amen. That applies to the men in the room too. Amen. So I'm Pastor Amy Smith, my husband, who is right here on the front row. We are the senior pastors here at City of Life. If you're joining us for the first time, we welcome you. And if you've been here for a while, we are just so glad that you decided to come on Mother's Day and celebrate. Just out of curiosity, how many of you are going out to lunch after this? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Good job, men. Good job. We are too. I wish I would have brought different shoes though because my feet are hurting just a little bit. But I'm really excited to um, share with you today. I just got back from our South Orlando campus and they were pumped. They were a great crowd. So you guys have um, some big shoes to fill because they were shouting me down. Uh Uh-oh. Crowd participation is much appreciated and very encouraged today. So let's pray. Lord, we just thank you for your presence, God, that only your presence changes us, Lord, and that's our desire today is that we be changed and shaped and molded into your image and likeness in a greater way. I thank you that you would just move throughout this place today, Holy Spirit, that you would just allow people to know that there's a Father in heaven that believes in them, that sees them, and that's changing them from the inside out for a greater purpose, God. And we just thank you right now for what you're doing in this house. In Jesus' name, and everyone who agreed said, Amen. Amen. So in light of Mother's Day, I thought it was fitting that maybe I share a few stories from my childhood of things that my mom taught me. And I thought I would preface it with something that I think we're all very familiar with. And you have either, as a mother, said this phrase... Or if you have a mother, all of us, someone may have asked you this very question. And the question is, what were you thinking? (laughs) Anybody, can you relate? Okay, well, actually, that very question was asked to me the day I received my driver's license. You know where this is going, right? Just so you know, I'm the oldest of five kids, and I had the great opportunity to learn how to drive in a conversion van. Does anyone know what a conversion van is? Do they even make those still? Because they shouldn't. Because really, conversion vans are like RVs that are just a little bit more sleek. I mean, we had so much room in this conversion van that we could get up, I mean, fully stand up, walk all over. There was a table in the back that we played cards on. And this is the vehicle I learned, little me, I learned to drive in. So it's really, it's not totally my fault, right? So I get my driver's license on the way home from the DMV on Neptune Road, in fact. My young mind, not yet fully developed, Not a whole lot of practice, I guess, 
forgets the little-known fact that just because you see a green light does not always mean you should go. That, in fact, if you see a green light but yet you want to turn left, you don't have the right-of-way. <laughs> Do you want to know the mnemonic that I think now? I think straight wait. Okay, because they're going straight, so I have to wait. I did not develop this skill and this insight until it was a little bit too late. So, in fact, I did turn left, and there was a car coming. I thought I had the right-of-way. I hesitated just a little, and I got in my first accident on my way home from the DMV. But I break that curse in Jesus' name, and that will not happen to any of my kids. Amen. Amen. Another moment that my mom asked me the ever-famous question, what were you thinking, was actually has to do with driving as well. But I got a new keychain, a little plastic keychain chain that I figured out was actually a little um, photo thing. What is it, photo album? Like a little photo holder. Yeah, photo frame on a keychain. And I wanted your picture in it. Yes, I did. I wanted the whole world to know how cute he was. I was very proud. I wanted my husband's picture in it. We were just dating at the time. And this picture frame did not come with instructions on how to get the actual plastic open. And it's plastic. So I do the genius thing and think, I know how I'm going to get this open. A steak knife. So I go into my kitchen, get the largest steak knife with the, you know, like serrated edges. Is that what you say, serrated edges? I hold the keychain in my hand like this, a nice firm grip on the keychain, and proceed to saw the edge of it, trying to get this little joker open, because I'm getting that picture in this picture frame. I'm sawing away only to realize that I no longer was sawing the plastic of the keychain and, in fact, sawing my bone of my thumb. I know, it's a little bit graphic. But I didn't see blood at first because I knew what to do, apply pressure. And I applied pressure and went and found my mommy. And the moment that I released the pressure, I actually still didn't see blood because I was on the ground, passed out, while she nursed me back to health. I still have the scar to prove it. And what question did she ask me? What were you thinking? You know, that question really implies that had you taken time to consider all of the negative options, had you taken time to properly reason this situation out, this decision out, that in fact you could have had a different result. Am I right? So today, I ask you the same question. What are you thinking? What are you thinking about today? Romans 12, 2, I love this verse, and I love this transla translation, the Passion Translation. Romans 12, 2 says, Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you. Be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This, listen, this, the transformed mind, the transformed way you think, will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. 
That sounds like the life we're called to live, doesn't it? So did you know that science tells us that we think anywhere from 60,000 to 80,000 thoughts per day? In fact, did you know that you never stop thinking? Throughout the day, you're processing information and thinking about that. And when you sleep, you're actually sorting through that very information that you thought that day. So you never actually stop thinking. In God's beautiful masterpiece and design of creating us as humans, did you know that he created us as tripartite beings? Have you ever heard that before? That we are a three-part being, that we are a soul, I'm sorry, we are a spirit, we have a soul, and we live in a body. So we are a soul when we become Christ followers, when we give our lives to Jesus, the part of us that's actually redeemed is our spirit man. Our soul is our mind, our will, and our emotions, where we think, where we process, where our memories are. The way that we reason things out is our soul, and that is not redeemed. That is a work in progress. Am I right? I mean, Jesus help us. And our body, well, there's only so much hope for that, right? I mean, we can nip and tuck and do all kinds of stuff, but... It's ever fading away. It's deteriorating whether we like it or not. So we are a spirit. We have a soul and live in a body. So listen, I want you to understand there is a difference in your mind and your brain. Your mind is where you think and you reason things out. Your brain responds to the thoughts that your mind thinks. So your mind communicates to your body, your brain, and then your brain communicates to all the trillions of cells in your body, causing you to respond, causing you to act, causing you to speak. So although we, you know, coin phrases like, oh, it was just a knee-jerk reaction, oh, I didn't think before I said it, you actually, in fact, did think before you said it. There was a whole stream of thoughts that you had before you responded, before you acted. Do you know that it's interesting because no one really wakes up one day and they just say to themselves, you know what? Today's the day I'm going to destroy my life. (laughs) Of course not. But you know what we do? It's those micro moments. It's those everyday little decisions. It's those everyday thoughts that end up building and constructing and perfectly designing the life that we currently have. If your life is in a destructive pattern, it's because there were thoughts that led you to that. If you are in a place that you don't like the results, there's one reason and one reason only. There was a thought pattern that led you to that place. Every action is preceded by a thought that's in our minds. That's why the Bible tells us that we have to have the mind of Christ. Amen? 
So it's a powerful question today to ask ourselves, what are you thinking? And the Bible clearly tells us what we actually should be thinking about. Listen to this verse, Philippians 4.8. Again, the Passion Translation. So keep your thoughts continually fixed on all that is authentic and real, honorable and admirable, beautiful and respectful, pure and holy, merciful and kind, and fasten your thoughts on every glorious work of God, praising him always. There's another translation that says, think on these things. The Bible tells you, think on these things, whatsoever things are pure, lovely, and of good report. Today, what are you thinking? Are you thinking about things that are pure? Are you thinking about things that are lovely? Are you thinking about things that are of good report? Because whatever you're dwelling on, you are giving power to today. Whatever you're dwelling on, you're giving power. Amen. So thoughts are real, and they take up real estate in our minds. <laughs> Thanks, babe. Listen, Luke 6.45, it's amazing because science is telling us, oh, I want to read this. I love this. Listen, this is what science has discovered. And, you know, science is just now catching up with what the Bible has already said thousands of years ago. Am I right? So we have insight to something that science is just now figuring out. Listen to what they said. 75 to 98% of all current mental and physical illness can be linked to your thought life. Linked to your thought life. The Bible said this this way, said the same thing this way. Luke 6.45 says, from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And Proverbs 23.7 says, as a man thinks in his heart, what? So is he. Your life is a direct result of the thoughts that you are thinking. Science is saying that they can link stress, anxiety, depression, heart disease, all of these things to our thought life. And the Bible clearly tells us, hey, hey, you are what you're thinking about. Your life is a construct of all of the thought patterns and the thought processes of your life. And then the Bible clearly gives us the answer to think about things that are pure and lovely and of good report. You are a direct result of the thoughts of your life. Listen to this. I had so much fun studying this, guys. This part, the delivery part, cool, but studying it was super fun. Listen. So we learned that we think 60,000 to 80,000 thoughts a day. But this is staggering. 98% of those thoughts are the same thoughts you had yesterday. Right? 98% of the 60,000 possible thoughts you could have today are exactly the same as yesterday. I mean, really think about it. You know, you wake up at about the same time every day, make your coffee the same way every day. I know I do. Eat pretty much the same breakfast. Leave the house around the same time because, I mean, school starts at a certain time and work demands that you are there at a certain time. And then, you know, you show up at work and you're, you know, 
you look a little busy and then it's lunchtime and then you eat essentially the same thing that you ate the day before and you have the same types of conversations you had the day before. You go back to your desk, look a little busy again, and then you leave around the same time, same route home, same pickup, drop off, everything. You make about the same five meals that, you know, that's all I can do, but same five meals. <laughs> and all the mama said, the pressure is off, five is good. Make about the same five meals that you would make every day, homework, baths, same routine, watch the same media, go to bed, repeat the exact same thing the next day. No wonder we're frustrated. Because you know what? The enemy, let me tell you, he is a liar and he is a defeated foe, but the only power that he has are the things that you choose to believe today. And you know, the Bible tells us he is an enemy that wants to steal, kill, and destroy. But you know what's interesting is I think this statistic telling us that 90% of the thoughts that we think as creative beings that God made us, if they're the same ones we were thinking the day before, then you know what? We're doing the enemy's job for him. We're not even allowing ourselves to be the creative, beautiful minds that God has destined us to be. We are, no wonder we feel so boxed in in every area of our lives is because we're not living the abundant life. We don't have a revelation of the abundant life and the enemy's like, you know what? They're destroying themselves anyway. It starts in your thoughts. I don't know, that shakes me up. I don't want my life to just be on autopilot. I want to live an adventurous life that God has called me to. I want things to cause me to step out of my comfort zone. I want to be in control of my thinking because when I'm in control of my thinking, I'm in control of the rest of my life. I want the abundant life that God has for me. And that starts with my thinking. See, we are creatures of habit. The more we think about and dwell on a situation, the more power we actually give it. If you're thinking about jealousy, you're giving it power. If you're thinking about unforgiveness and anger, you're giving it power. If you're dwelling on and thinking about all of the missteps and all of the things that you haven't accomplished, then you are giving that fear and that insecurity power in your life. Do you know what's interesting? Is if there was a person in our lives that talked to us the way we talk to ourselves, you would never hang out with that person. <laughs> Am I right? Like I'm mean to myself. I would never hang out with the person that talked to me the way that my inner thought life can be. But there's power in a renewed mind. There's power found when we decide that we will have the mind of Christ, that we will renew our thinking. Deuteronomy 30, verse 19, says, I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Choose life. Today, I want to remind you, you have a choice. You have a choice what you are going to think about, what you are going to dwell on. You know, how, how many of you have ever had food poisoning? Oh, see, everyone's like, oh, you're groaning because you, you went back to that moment, right? You just relived that horrific experience. I'm so sorry. 
But if you've ever had food poisoning, I mean, it's violent. It's terrible. And you know, the last time I had food poisoning, I was actually pregnant with Zoe. So I was already nauseous to start with and not feeling like myself, and I get food poisoning. I will never forget that night. We went to a restaurant that shall rename remain nameless because I don't want any like bad press. Um, We went to this restaurant and then we left and went to a movie, the ever so riveting Rango. (laughs) I don't remember a thing about Rango because within 15 minutes of me having this meal, I knew, oh, 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 feels so good. (laughs) Something right. (laughs) Something don't feel good. And I knew immediately I just broke out in like a cold sweat. I felt feverish. I felt just nauseous. I had pain and knots in my stomach. And I knew my body was sending every signal possible to my brain that something toxic was in my system. And what does your body do when there's something toxic in its system? It does everything it possibly can to get rid of it. Our bodies are smarter than our minds sometimes. That our toxic thoughts are destroying our lives. Our toxic thoughts are causing us to go down these paths of destruction and rendering us helpless as the believers that we are called to be. But we put up with it. We settle for it. We go through our routine We allow the enemy to just keep bombarding us with these same things over and over. But our thoughts are toxic, and they create anxiety, stress, depression, fear, anger. But I encourage you today, here's your moment. Just like your body sent those signals when you had food poisoning. Just like your body, you actually, a fever is actually a good thing because that means your body is heating up so that it can get rid of the bacteria, the thing that's not supposed to be there. Hey, I feel like the Holy Spirit, here's your moment. Here's your wake-up call. Here's the the opportunity to say, oh, whoa, I've been on this train of thought. I've been on this way of living. I have these negative thought patterns. Holy Spirit, speak to me. What, What am I dwelling on that's destructive? What am I thinking about that's destroying my relationships? The Bible It tells us, oh, I love the Bible. It tells us everything we need to know. Listen to this verse. If you're asking how, how do I renew my mind? How do I get control of my thinking? Glad you asked. 2 Corinthians 10, 5, and 6 says we can, say can. We can demolish every deceptive fantasy that opposes God and break through every arrogant attitude that is raised up in defiance of the true knowledge of God. Listen, this is talking about our thoughts. We capture like prisoners of war every thought and insist that it bow in obedience to the anointed one. Hey, them sound like fighting words. That sounds like if we really believe that, that we mean business, that we want to take control like prisoners of war. We want to make sure that they are subject to our heavenly father, to the anointed king. Listen, this is not a Billy Mays promise that your life will be better because you order OxyClean or a sham wow 
this is truth. I mean, listen, you're laughing, but why do you think you stay up all night watching those infomercials? Why is it such a successful business? Is because they promise life change. They promise things will be better. They promise things will be more convenient. But listen, I'm offering you information today that is life-changing, and it's truth. It's not an empty promise. If you grab a hold of this, if you grab a hold of your thinking, I promise your life has to change. It's biblical. It actually has to change. Listen, I want to go back to our text scripture. I read it in the Passion Translation, but now I want to read it in... New King James, Romans 12, 2. How can we be transformed? It says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Let's look at that word renew from this translation. I looked it up. The definition for renew, I mean, this was an aha moment for me, and I'm believing it's going to be for you. To renew means to make new. The second definition I found for renew is to do it again and repeat. To do it again and repeat. What's so cool is that scientists tell us that 98% of the thoughts that we are thinking today are the same ones that we thought yesterday, which indicates to us that there are habits in our life. There are things that we repeat over and over and over. To renew your mind means to have some new habits. To replace those old habits with new habits and then repeat them over and over. That's really good. To repeat these new habits over and over. How many of you have seen Karate Kid? Okay. You got the ever so famous Mr. Miyagi. I wanted him to be like my grandpa. And Daniel's son. Daniel's son. So Daniel goes to Mr. Miyagi in desperation and says, Hey, I've got these guys that are against me. I've got these people that are wanting to take me out. I've got these people that are trying to stop me and ruin my life. Can you help me become a skilled fighter? Well, what does Mr. Miyagi do? First, he asks him to paint his fence. Paint the fence. Paint the fence, right? Over and over, paint the fence. Then, you all were waiting for this. What's the next thing he asks? Wax on? Wax off. Right. He has him go and wax all of his cars. So he has, them do, he has him do this day in and day out, over and over. And then finally Daniel's had enough. And he goes to Mr. Miyagi and he was like, yo, there are child labor laws, you know. And you're not paying me for this. I don't see the point. I asked you to help me become a skilled fighter, and you just have me out there doing your busy work and doing the things you don't want to do. I'm painting fences. I'm waxing cars. This is teaching me nothing. You know what's interesting? Don't get mad at me because you're in control of your thoughts, but that kind of reminds me of a lot of Christians. Because in reality, there are only so many things that as a pastor, I can help instruct people 
with and to do. And the Bible is really clear that it's very systematic on how we can be overcomers. It's very clear as to what the details of our lives should look like and how we can be free. It lays it all out for us. And it sounds a little something like what we teach here every week, week in and week out. You know, Daniel was annoyed and frustrated with Mr. Miyagi, but in reality, it was creating habits in his life. So it's a lot like what we share here at City of Life and what we try to help people understand, the things that I try to live my life by. It's kind of like this, go to church, read your Bible, join the dream team, pray. There they go again, asking me to go to church, read my Bible, join the dream team, pray. All right, fine, I hear them again, go to church, read my Bible, join the dream team, they just need more volunteers, pray. Go to church, read my Bible, join the dream team, pray. Go to church, read my Bible, join the dream team, pray. Oh wait, okay, I can kind of do it now without even thinking about it. Okay, I feel like I'm a little, you know, it's kind of second nature now. I'm kind of, okay, go to church, Okay, read my Bible, join the dream team, pray. All right, come at me, bro. Go to church, join the dream team, pray, read my Bible. All of a sudden you have new habits, new things in your life. And you know what? When the enemy comes, he's coming at you with a doctor's report and you say, mm -mm, my God's a healer. You're, again, another negative pregnancy test? Uh-uh, my God is gonna provide for me. You look at your bank account, it doesn't look the way you want it, uh-uh. My God is gonna come through for me. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm the top and not the bottom. I am blessed coming in and going out. Hey, come on. He wants to bless your life. We have to believe it and have new thoughts. New thoughts, new ways of doing warfare, new ways of battling the enemy. Hey, we don't just want volunteers. We don't want to just fill this building. We understand there is power in new habits in your life, new ways of thinking, new ways of reasoning. Your mind will communicate. Communicate to your brain. Your brain will then respond in a different way. Your, the way you speak will be different. Every day, the way that you walk will be different. The things you put your hands to do will be different. Not this mundane, mundane, closed-in life. A wide-open life, full of expectation, full of faith, full of hope, full of joy, free of depression, free of stress, free of anxiety, free of sickness in your body. All because you decided to have a renewed mind what are you thinking today the Bible tells us think about things that are pure think about things that are lovely think about things that are of good report amen if you would would you stand up all over the building this morning hey this free life starts only one way the Bible is clear that the way that our spirit man is redeemed is by asking Jesus to be the Lord of your life, inviting him in to take control, recognizing you are a sinner in need of a savior. The Bible says all have sinned and fallen short. We all have opportunities 
to listen to the Holy Spirit. And here's one of those for you. Don't ignore it today. He's speaking to you. There is a full life that's awaiting you. And it just starts with one decision, with every head bowed, every eye closed. Here's your moment. Here's your moment to respond to what I know you already feel in your heart. That if you have not asked Jesus to be the Lord of your life, would you just quickly acknowledge that by just lifting your hand, no one's looking around. God sees those hands. This is a moment of life change. This is a moment of salvation. The word salvation means nothing missing, nothing broken. Today's the day your life is restored. Today the day is the day that your life is set free because of the power of Jesus Christ. I see all of those hands. Thank you, Lord. Church family, with those that have their hands lifted, would you repeat after me? Heavenly Father, I recognize your plan of salvation was through your son, Jesus. Jesus, I believe you died on the cross, rose on the third day so that I could be free. Today I choose to surrender my life to you. I choose to let my mind be the mind of Christ. Today my adventure starts. Today my new life starts. And I'm so thankful in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, can you give all of those that lifted their hands a huge round of applause? There are a couple of things that my friend Carlos is gonna tell you about. I love you. Happy Mother's Day. Use your bath bombs. Amen. This concludes the teaching. If you'd like to support what God is doing here at City of Life, click on the Give button at www.col.tv or text a dollar amount to the number 855-997-6900. We hope you'll join us again.